And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me, as always, is my partner in crime, my co-pilot, my my uh, my co-host. Say hello to everybody, Charlie. Hello. And for tonight, we're actually going to be doing a little bit of movie news, but at the same time, we're actually going to have a main topic at the end like we normally do. Our main topic is this, because some people have been asking me, what do we do on our channel? Are we movie reviewers or are we movie critics? Now, the difference is different. I'm going to get to that later on. But we do have a little bit of movie news before we actually get into our main topic. Some of it is re regarding Scarlett Johansson getting, um, wanting to sue Disney and also to Emma Stone being the sequel for Coella 2. And then we also have some other stuff that we're going to be chatting about. So let's go on ahead and get on with the show. All right, the first news kind of broke a couple of days ago, and it's like everybody's like in a, it didn't break the internet, but it's pretty pretty big. It's regarding the sequel to, to Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, they they casted Knuckles, um, and the act so in the like uh, the voice like the person that's playing Knuckles in Sonic the Hedgehog sequel will be Idris Elba. So the actor shared news on Twitter, simply sharing a photo of Knuckles' closed fist with a mention of knock knock accompanying it. Elbow will be joining the cast that already features some big stars, including James Marston, um, Tika Sumter, Natasha Rothwell, and Sh Shamar Moore. Um, and everyone doesn't know who he is. He's on he's on the reboot of SWAT, and he's also he was also a big he was in Criminal Minds for a, for a while, and he was a kind of one of those badass characters in Criminal Minds. So Sonic and Dark Two will see the return of um, the original film's main cast, including Ben Schwartz. As the voice of Sonic, James Marston as uh, Tom Wachowski, Tika Sumter as Maddie Wachowski, and Jim Carrey as Sonic's rival, Dr. Robotnik's like Eggman, along with Adam Pauly and Natasha Rothwell. No idea who those characters are, but... Um, so, and of course, if, if you've seen the latest Sonic the Hedgehog, they kind of reveal some other characters in it. I'm not going to touch that. Um, that's for you guys to figure out. So the sequel's supposed to be out next year, August, April 8th. Yeah, I'm actually excited about Idris Alba being the voice for Knuckles. Knuckles is actually one of my favorite uh, characters from the Sonic the Hedgehog video game and stuff like that. I used to be a huge Sonic fan back when I was young, playing uh, the Sega Genesis, of course. You know, and also, too, I did watch a little bit of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I need to go in and finish that movie up. I, I had a good time watching the first one. And things like that. It's just good to actually see them listen to the fans because they didn't like the way that uh, the hedgehog actually looked in the first film in the trailer. So they went on ahead and they added in the special effects that they needed to add for Sonic the Hedgehog. I thought the actor playing Sonic the Hedgehog did a very good job of playing Sonic the Hedgehog and things like that. And also, too, I think that this is probably one of the best ways of actually handling a video game type of movie that we've seen in a while in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, Edris Alba is a great actor whenever you look at the different roles that he's been in and things like that. Yeah, he's been in the Dark Tower movie. It was not his fault that that movie uh, sucked as much as it did and everything. It was just the storytelling and the way that the, the direction that they chose to go in. But still, Edris Alba is a great actor and I think he's going to be great as Knuckles. And it's going to be interesting to see, like Sean says, think he'll give uh, Knuckle in an American accent or a state British. I would like to actually see a British uh, Knuckles, to be honest with you, and give it that little flair. Because here's the thing. It's CGI. So, therefore, you're not going to – it's not like he's actually going to 
being a live action format to where it's going to be him dressed up as Knuckles or anything like that. This is not the 90s anymore or anything like that. So I think that him doing the English accent, I think that will be really good for Knuckles. It just adds a little bit of flavor to his character. But you hear this news, Char Charlie, and everything about Idris Alba being Knuckles. Are you excited? What does that do for you? Nothing really. I mean, the first one, I, I mean, I liked the first one. It was entertaining for what it was. It was a lot better than I that. I'm glad the studio decided to listen to the fans, not Warner Brothers that refuses to listen to the damn fans. Like, come on, Warner Brothers, get your head out of your ass. I mean, it's okay. I mean, I mean, it was entertaining. Like, Jim Carrey was the highlight of the movie. It, it, it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not really, am I going to, I didn't see this rushed out to the theaters. I watched it at home. Me too. It's fine. I mean, I save money, save myself some money. I mean, I'm more, I'm more excited for Uncharted than I am the new Sonic the Hedgehog. But I'm excited for more. I'm excited for Sonic the Hedgehog two over the Batman. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it, he's playing him. Yay! Let's 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 get a trailer. It's actually see something first. I mean, yeah, everybody's freaking out. Yeah, it's cool. He, he's playing a pretty a pivotal character. But I mean, let's let's. It's good on paper. Kind of like Dallas Cowboys. It's good on paper, but sucks when it when it sucks when it matters most. Um, and then, um, but I mean, it's 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 wait and see. I'm like I'm I'm indifferent. Yeah, he's in it, cool, but I need to see more. And okay. like, am I going to the theater to see it? Absolutely not. Okay. I thought it was okay for what it was. Is it was uh, is like was it the best movie last year? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But it was a lot better than it originally looked at because it looked like it looked. Um, that would have been cool, Sean, if they did get Nolan North to play Nathan Drake. But he was actually on set while they filmed on the Uncharted movie, and he gave his approval to Tom Holland and that. And this was a younger Nathan Drake before the, the the events of the game and all that good stuff. So this is a younger Nathan Drake. Um, but yeah. That's okay. All I have so, to say. Okay, let's go on ahead to get into our next topic then. All right, the next one I'm kind of, I'm really excited for since I'm a huge Ryan Reynolds fan. And speaking of Ryan Reynolds, he's got a movie coming out tomorrow, like the well, tonight today called Free Guy. So this is some uh, so this is not Free Guy news. This is Deadpool three news. So following the release of the Free Guy reaction video that featured Deadpool and Quark, if you have not seen this video, OMG, this is hysterical. Um, it's essentially it was Deadpool. Um, he's doing a trailer reaction to Free Guy, and the original thing is he wanted to have the interview while they reacted to the Free Guy trailer with the with the hunter that shot Bambi's mom, but Disney told him no, so he he resorted to Quark. So it was the trailer of him and Quark reacting to Free Guy, which both of them are in Free Guy, Taiki YT and Ryan Reynolds, and. And again, it's on YouTube. It's called the Deadpool's Maximum Reaction Trailer Reaction Videos. Um, it's hysterical. He reacts to. He's like, "Thank, hey everybody, thanks for tuning in for uh, thanks for listening to our last video reaction videos." Him reacting to the Corella trailer, and he's got a Dalmatian with him. He goes, "Where the fuck are the dogs?" <laughs> like, I mean, and then so he, Corky's like, he's talking. He's like, "Hi, uh, hi, Mister Pool. Like, uh, hi, um, hi, Mister Pool. Sorry, you're dead." He goes, "Oh my god, what are we doing?" It, it's a hysterical <laughs> banner. So anyway, um. So fans of the Merc of the Mouth are definitely getting hyped for this long-awaited MCU official MCU debut as they eagerly wait for updates regarding Deadpool three. 
Orchard Reynolds has been doing his interview rounds to promote Free Guy. The 44-year-old actor was able to open up about the upcoming third installment, claiming that it remains to be an epic development at Marvel Studios. Um, Ryan Reynolds has revealed he's been working daily writing with like with the duo uh, Wendy Malonexu and Lizzie Malonexu. I can't say your last name. Sorry, I'm butchering it. I don't want to butcher it. So I'm completing the right story for the script. And he goes, it's something that is just a daily process, right? And it's kind of like that. You've got a lot, a lot time to do and walk away. And I'm working with the, the, the girls on it. It's been great. They've been incredibly talented and so smart. So anyway, when asked about possibly starting production of Deadpool 3 next year, Reynolds was at first hesitant to give a definitive answer. But he, went, he, de- he did one on to confirm that there's at least already a 70% chance that it might already potentially start filming in 2022. Percentage chance, he goes, I don't know. I couldn't assign a percentage to that. I'd say it's 50-50 maybe. We're actually, like, we're actively developing it and getting it in pretty good shape. What the what the hell month is it? August? Oh, yeah, next year. Probably damn, uh, pretty damn good, I'd say 70%. So, yeah, so there's 70% chance Deadpool 3 will be filming next year. Yay. So- I'm actually excited that we're going to be seeing Deadpool again, the Merc with the Mouth, yet again for a sequel. And it's actually going to be rated R. They're not going to change anything with it. And it looks like that Ryan is still in full control of that project, which is great. Because usually when certain companies take over um, another company and everything, usually they get rid of anybody that's attached to the film, other films even ones that are in production or pre-production or they're just trying to go ahead and put a question mark by it and save it for later, they'll go on ahead and get rid of the director. They'll get rid of the producer. They'll get rid of anybody that was attached to certain to a certain film. It's just good to see Ryan Reynolds still attached to it, and he still has that passion. He still has that drive for Deadpool and things like that. And, of course, seeing Taika Waititi and him react to the Free Guy trailer was just fantastic. I laughed my butt off at that. I thought it was great to see Cork again and actually know that Cork is actually part of the Disney Marvel brand with Deadpool. Just the chemistry and the balance that they have with each other is just fantastic. So another Deadpool, sign me up. I'm interested to see what the plot is going to be like. I'm hoping that they have Cable back on back again. That's my big thing. I want to see more Cable this go around too. But yeah, I'm psyched up. It's Deadpool. I don't care. He's in it. I don't care who else is into that. And I didn't know you actually saw that trailer. From when I was describing, it kind of looked like you didn't see the trailer. I did see it. Okay. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did. Just checking. <laughs> I did. I actually did. Okay. All right. Moving on to some not so great news and more delays. Woo. Yeah. Um, and this one's just keep, this movie keeps getting delayed all the time. This, like, I mean, come on. I'll release it already. It's Venom. Venom Let There Be Carnage has once again been delayed by Sony. This is yet another setback for the film, which has already been delayed several times due to COVID-19 and will now release on October 15th. It was previously set to release a few weeks earlier on September 24th. The comic book movie sequel once again stars Tom Hardy, who will play Eddie Brock Venom. It will release later this year, exclusively in theaters, against Halloween Kills in The Last Duel. Um, Yeah, that's... And then... that's You're bunched in between two other movies. Plus... You're also coming out the week after Bond, and from an article I read, not that Bond needs to make nine hundred million dollars to make a to make reach bank to reach right. range because of all the delays it had. And I don't know what's going on with the pandemic. I'm not surprised on this delay because again, I don't know. And anything's fair game. I mean, 
I've had rumors that Sun Chi is going to get delayed as well as the Eternals to next year. Don't know about Sun Chi or the Eternals. Again, these are just speculations. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if either one of them gets to, like, keeps their spot because I could see them both get delayed because that's how this is going. Um, not really surprised on this. Um, and I think it's you're you're wedged into two movie, two big movies. Like Halloween Kills is going to literally, I think he's going to kill the competition. I mean, just just from the mm-hmm. there alone, and even with pandemic, I think people are going to find a way to go see Halloween Kills. Um, the Last Duel, I don't know, maybe. Maybe they'll. Maybe people. To me, like, I don't see oh, I don't. that. To be honest with you, the last duel for some reason feels like a January movie. Than anything, it's like it feels like one of those films that they would actually release in January because that's pretty much the toilet bowl of dumping grounds is January, versus uh, the release date that it's going to be coming out and everything. And you know, I just feel like that would be the, the dumping ground for it. I wouldn't call January the dumping ground. Sure, most often, but there had been some like movies that came out like the before in January 2020. You had the big like the big movie Bad Boys for Life came out in yep. January, and that one killed it. Literally killed it. Made like it made all over more and more for King Weekend. That movie sold crazy. It made it made a lot of money opening weekend. It blew past expectations, and this is the one that I was really happy for because. They uh, the thing is this movie they, they the last time the movie came out the f- sequel came out was two thousand and two or two thousand and three so and it came out so it was seventeen years later this movie was on the back burner for years so I was really worried oh did they wait too long no they that one is the rare one that actually made bank by the long wait and like in the theater one I was in was pretty packed when I saw it and that one came out in January that one crushed it so. Not necessarily January's a dumping ground. I mean, that was usually Lee Neeson month, but there had, there's been some movies that came out in January that actually did really well. And I'm looking up the calendar for um, 2022 right now. Well, another thing, though, too, sometimes you have a couple of surprises. Sometimes you don't, just depending on the landing of the film and the positive word of mouth and stuff like that. American Sniper, for example, came out during the month of January. That movie was very successful. It gave um a lot of buzz to clint eastwood to be able to get nominated and stuff like that and during that year but you know i just think that this movie the last duel and everything doesn't i'm not that pumped up for it like i want to be um but as for the other stuff that you had mentioned about carnage and things like that i'm excited for venom uh let there be carnage i'm excited for that sequel um, I love the first one, of course. I own that one on Blu-ray, and of course, I I watch that anytime I need a good laugh or whatever from Tom Hardy as Venom. But it just sucks that this move keeps on getting pushed back. So does and it also sucks for 007 and everything too, because in the month of November for 007, that's a perfect release date because of the fact that that movie, those movies always do box office success. That's just a juggernaut of a franchise and everything and to see now they, they have to make 900 million dollars just to make its budget just to make it ends meet it's very tough to say right now if it'll make its budget back or anything it's because of this delta virus yeah it's all because of no the, the, this the delays in general because right, of the, the delays the, too. yeah so it wasn't the delta variant so i'm right. not i'm coming out saying 
Bond is not getting delayed yet. They haven't announced that, and I don't think okay. they're going to delay it. I think they're stuck in because if they delay it any longer, um, <laughs> Sean, <laughs> you worked at a theater August September. <laughs> it's January from March are slow as slow as as fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, because there's nothing that came out when I was there. <laughs> um, but, um. But no, I think mean, like, like I said, oh, and the, you're, um, you're you're close, and it was kind of close. Actually, American Sniper came out December 25th, um, so it wasn't officially released in the January months yet. So, um, um, just looking for the January deadline, you have a a a, a female action movie called the Three Five Five, which is like kind of like a like a female all different spy movie. So I think it's got a pretty good cast: Jessica Chastain, Luke. Lapita uh, Neon, um, Pen Penelope Cruz, Diane Kruger, Sebastian San Edgar Ramirez. That one's in there. You got another Ben Affleck movie, Deep Water. You got the Scream reboot in January 14th. Um, you got the new uh, Guy Ritchie movie, which I think that's a perfect time. You got Morbius in January. So there's some chances in January for it to do some do some damage. So I don't know. Um, mm. Like, I mean, am I going to want to go to the theater to see Matt Damon's man bond or ponytail that and then ben affleck a bleach blonde like the hair things sure it was probably for that time period but still it's not fitting okay so our day one streaming movies making any money figured it would be worth released digitally and in theaters at the same time instead of the delay after delay well here's the thing with that though, and this is my opinion, you can take take it for what it is and things like that. And I'll let Charlie comment on this. To me, the Suicide Squad movie in itself, to me, it hurt the movie to be out at the same day as it dropped with the same day of the release with it being on HBO Max. Because people didn't go out and support the movie or anything like that. Yes, I get the fact that the Delta variants around and stuff like that. But no one went to go out and support this film like they did with uh, Space Jam. No one went out and supported this movie at all. And mm. it didn't do well at the box office. And James Gunn always makes great films and everything when you think about it. When you look at Guardians of the Galaxy movies and stuff like that, you have a top-notch director who's doing a soft reboot of a 2016 movie that was not received well by critics, that was a very divi had division among film fans and also critics alone. And it did, this movie didn't make any that much money or anything like that. Sadly, I wanted this movie to be a success, and it doesn't even come close to its budget like it needed to come close to. I just feel like the uh, release date of the HBO Max and releasing it at the same time on the movie theaters hurt it. I feel like maybe you should have waited maybe a little bit before releasing it on HBO Max so that way you can see where you're at before uh, releasing it on HBO Max. That's just me, though. It's not just that. I think Warner Brothers didn't promote it as enough. Warner Brothers didn't promote it as enough. There's still the bad rap that Warner Brothers got recently from some of their recent stuff. And unfortunately, Space Jam 2 made more money opening weekend than Suicide Squad. Overall, do I think Suicide Squad is going to make more money than Space Jam? Yeah, overall, I think it will. Um, they just don't release those numbers, so it's hard to tell that. I mean, Space Jam 2 made $32 million and then dropped from 32 to 9 like second week. And that, that movie was trash. But another thing, though, too, is HBO Max doesn't make money off of movies that are being streamed from 
from their from their app or anything like that. They make basically and everything. You're they make their money based off of the movie theaters and everything else. They make their money off of subscriptions. That's how they make their money, and mm -hmm. they released a movie that and everything on HBO Max for pretty much for free. All you're doing is paying for a subscription fee versus paying a thirty dollar price tag, which is what Disney Plus does, which is ridiculous, but still, um, you know, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and then but and then Black Widow made sixty million dollars via the Disney Premier Plus, which is funny. Because they don't, sh they that was the only one they really shared the information for box office. Because we don't know a lot of the numbers. Um, yeah, it is insane, Sean. I totally mm -hmm. agree. I think the guy you want to listen to for really good box office numbers, um, he's on YouTube, Dan Merrill um, from the uh, from Schmodown fans. He has he has a weekly uh, charting with Dan, and um, yeah, um, but yeah, charting with Dan, and he, he he goes over the box office numbers and stuff. He's very good at the box. I watch him every week. So it's interesting, but there's a lot of factors too. And then the Delta variants start picking up too. So it's like people are fearing for that. I don't know. I think, like I said, there's a, there, I mean, I don't know what the thing for bond was the constraints. Cause there's a lot of like, that one's probably going to make a lot overseas. Mm -hmm. And I think that's more than it is domestically. Like I hope it does well. Cause I want Daniel Craig's last out to be great. I'm, I'm Me too. For it. Um, and this varies, yeah. I mean, I and then the thirty dollars, you don't even get to keep the movie. You, as long as you have Disney Plus, sure you have mm -hmm. the movie. And then it's going, and then they're releasing on streaming a couple months later. Like Corella is going to be released on, on on Disney Plus this month, and and then that, and then and then it'll be released next month on Blu-ray. I mean, I, I mean, Black Widow is released next month on Blu-ray. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think they're both like both Black Widow and Corella are being released on the same day. But so, I mean, yeah. it's hard to tell. Um, I mean, again, it depends if they have a streaming service with, again, I, I don't know. I mean, that's why Warner Brothers is doing the 45 days thing. But who knows what the coronavirus is going to do? Honestly, right. I have no idea what it's going to do. I mean, it's it's really impacting theaters. So I'm interested to see what free guide. And also, too, the other thing, Suicide Squad's rated R. And that was kind of heartening the amount of people going to see it, too. That was a hard no. R movie. Deadpool is also a hard R movie too, and it was a success. It had good marketing. We're different, we're different times. We're if this was not a pandemic world, right? That's true. The Suicide Squad was going to do well. We're not. We're still in a pandemic world because right. people don't want to. People like are really ruin this, like ruinous for other people to actually decide to keep themselves safe. But. If we're in a pandemic, we're doing with that. People are at home all the all the time. They don't want to go out. They don't feel they don't want to risk themselves to go to the theater. Right. Deadpool, yeah, Dead Deadpool's different because Dead like Dead that was in a pre-pandemic world, like and people actually went out. They marked the crap. Warner Brothers didn't do jack shit to promote the Suicide Squad, and it's the much better movie. And they kept saying, "Ooh, the 2013 the the 2016 version is like did better." Yeah. It did better because we didn't have a pandemic. I mean, but the not only that, but it was marketed left and right. It was yeah. had a good marketing campaign with it, and everything. Sadly, I, you know, we talked about the trailer and everything before when on our Suicide Squad review. Yeah, it was mark every single time you turned on the TV. It was always marketed. Yeah, it never this time. It was here and there. It wasn't. It was like they were trying to hide the movie when they should have had a faith in it because they didn't have faith in James Gunn, this movie should have made more money than what it did. 
But I mean, it's it's still early. We'll see. I mean, if people are gonna right. buy the crap out of them on digital and stuff, so it's like, it's. I mean, but I think this is on Warner Brothers, and it's like we can't really compare. It's very challenging to compare stuff that came out this year compared to that because we didn't have a pandemic, and that's the problem. If we didn't have a pandemic, this movie would have made bank. So, um, we would we we would come out and keep uh, not bashing Black Widow for making eighty million dollars opening weekend, and then and suicides and then uh, Space Jam making thirty two million. Everybody celebrating is the best. No, Dan Marino pretty much said it. This is a bomb. It bombed. If this was pre pandemic on a on a on a hundred fifty million dollar budget, th- this movie made thirty two million dollars. That's a bomb. And what did this Space Jam do do the second weekend? Oh yeah, this made nine million. Yeah, and there's no talk of it. Like, and then so I'm interested to see what this one does. I mean, I think in its second weekend, Jungle Cruise, I think it made in the 30s, and then luckily it was in the fit, like made from like 30 to 15. Um, and Jungle Cruise is a good movie, and I got surprised when Disney didn't release the information regarding how much that one made on Disney on the Disney Plus Premier Access, but um, but yeah, it made about made about thir- from like 30 to 15, yeah. That, that's fine. I mean, it didn't drop to nine, then dropped to fifth place. It went from first to second, didn't drop from first to yeah. fifth, like Space Jam did, because I think people saw it once and it's like, yeah, this movie's terrible. I don't need to watch this again. Right. So I'm interested to see what the Suicide Squad does. I mean, if it can make still be in that 20 to like, t- like 20 to 15 range, that's still pretty, it's not a big drop. So, I mean, I think the word of mouth, people might go to the theater to see it. And then, or maybe because if uh, since free guys out, a lot of people will probably do that, and that means hey, that one's sold. That one's sold. Let's do something else. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I mean, right. we don't even know when it's released in China. That's the problem too. We don't we don't have an overseas information about because it's China hasn't been releasing much stuff, so we don't know. There's like a huge backlog of stuff, so we don't know what's being released overseas or not. So. It's still early to tell in Suicide Squad. I think it'll make, it'll, it'll definitely the digitals. The people are gonna buy it. I think a lot of people are going to buy the movie anyway. I I, I will. Um, so we'll Fine. see. I think, I think Warner Bros. just got a bad rap right now because they don't know what the F they're doing with, with uh, their DC movies. And right. yes, I said, you don't know what you're doing with the Batman movie. Just just cut it. It's going to be crap. But uh, back to the James Bond uh, movie, though, for $900 million. If things die down the way that I'm hoping that they die down, with the Delta variant and everything else, I could see it making its money back. It just depends on where we are at between now and when it opens. Because I believe that James Bond can actually make its money back, even maybe not even maybe the whole 900, but maybe half of what it was supposed to do. I could see it possibly making it, especially if it's a good movie. If this is actually one of the best ways to send out Daniel Craig on the high note, and everything, you're going to see people return to the theaters over and over again to check this movie out because this movie deserves to be in the theaters to watch for mm-hmm. people to enjoy. So I think that it has a lot of success behind it. We just have to wait and see where we are between now and later on. I'm rooting for it, but I, I between now and, and October 8th, I don't see much change in Honestly, I, I with the the variant. I I mean, I am hoping for it to the people to get get their heads out of their ass and do do the right thing. I seriously doubt it. Um, but that's me. I mean, I'm rooting for it. I really wanted that, but I think 
with everything going like going against how much money that and then this the doing and then with what's going on like i i think it's it's got a tall order i i'm rooting for it but just just from what we're, the, the environment we're in right now i don't i don't see it i don't okay. see anything changing between now and then right okay so what else we have all right now we're getting to the uh well well, yeah, well, we're getting into it now. Um, everybody's probably heard of the like the heard the the, the big news about like a while back, Scarlett Johansson suing Disney for breach of her contract of about how they said like exclusive to theaters. So again, we don't know how much like the the the, the term exclusive to theaters because that's gonna be the key point. If like Disney's like, oh, we released it in over like more than fifteen hundred theaters, so there, and then we released extremely. It depends on the the words of the contract. Um, that who exclusively there. So, um, so essentially, di- like Scarlet came out against it. Disney then blamed her for like, oh, you don't care about the people that died from COVID. They're trying to play the, oh, we're the victims here card. The, the, the victim bullshit that Disney always does when they, when, when they got like come pretty much got caught with their pants down. And so they're blaming ScarJo for, oh, you don't care about people in pandemic. We're trying to care for them. And which is a was a kind of like everybody's criticized Disney. That was a tone deaf excuse. The former head of Disney, Bob Eager, he was like, he was a uh, was like just totally like shocked, embarrassed, and like and disappointed of what's going on right now because he was the former head and he 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 did not want this. Um, and then the Disney attorney apparently calls Scarlett Johansson lawsuit orchestrated PR campaign, which I think is a load of bullshit. So anyway, the article says the ongoing dispute between Scar Joe and Disney or Black Widow has continued to grow. More and most recently, longtime Disney attorney Daniel Petra Kelly, whatever, somebody needs to sh- like um, do it, do it, pull a Tony Soprano on him. He sounds like a mob name. <laughs> anyway, he says, stepped in and says that the Scar, like the Johansson lawsuit, is nothing more than a public relations campaign. Again, I find that a complete bullshit. He noted that demands in Johansson's litigation are beyond what what any actor's contract with the studio might suggest. Hey, buddy, you might want to read the contract. Yeah. Um, he went on to say that the movie moves Johansson has made are being done in an orchestrated manner, despite what their contract might say. Um, and he goes, it's obvious that this is a highly orchestrated PR campaign to achieve an outcome is not obtainable in the lawsuit. Yeah, we'll see. No amount of the public pressure can change or obscure the explicit contractual commitments. The written contract is clear as a bell. He specifically noted the contract between Johansson and Disney states that both sides go arbitration for any disputes rather than open court. The contract also allegedly calls for Disney to release Black Widow on a minimum of 1,500 screens in the U.S. It depends on their definition. So, again, I still think ScarJo's got a great chance. Um, which Disney did by releasing the film on 9,000 U.S. screens and 30,000 worldwide. He also notes that the distribution decisions rest entirely with Disney, regardless of what others may claim. Um, so then the, the argument, Johansson's argument, seems to stem from the fact that the decision to make Black Widow a day-and-date release in, in theaters and online via Disney Premier Access harmed the actress in the box of a threshold bonus that she may have received. The company releasing the film on Disney Plus aced as, uh, acted as a boost because the revenue from Premier Access service factors into box office tallies. Does it? I don't think so. Well, I mean, because we treated Disney Premier Access revenue like box office for the purpose of this bonus requirements in the contract. The only enhanced, enhanced for the economics for Ms. Johansson. 
Of course, the dispute between both parties is far from over, with both legal teams essentially blaming the other for the way things have gone. As things continued, it will be interesting to see how far this goes in the court system and what, if any, decisions are made. So there's that. Okay. So here's the thing. I like Bob Eager. Bob Eager's been over Disney for years, and he's a great business guy and everything. And as soon as this new guy took over, he pretty much destroyed what Disney has built with Bob Eager. Bob Eager is one of those great businessmen that has been around since I was a kid and everything. And yes, I do agree with you, though. The rich always does the boohoo thing, always blames one another instead of owning up to their mistakes and what they're doing as a business and everything, too. But, you know, here's the thing. Even Kevin Feige came out to support Scarlett Johansson. It's like, hey, look, do not you guys need to go ahead, pay her money, give her what she deserves and everything, because He's standing up for her and everything. And basically is this. Scarlett Johansson was promised that her, the movie would not go to streaming services like Disney Plus or anything like that. It was supposed to be just for theatrical purposes because we haven't seen a Marvel movie in a long time or anything like that. And also, too, the pandemic also pushed the release date back. And then I also remember seeing uh, last year or a couple of months this year before the actual opening and this is what it said. It said, don't worry, we're not going to release this on Disney+. Plus. This is just for the Marvel fans to release theatrically. There's not going to be a Disney Plus release, so don't expect it. Next thing you know it, they wind up putting it on Disney+, Plus, lapping the $30 price tag to it. And then they're going to go ahead and tell Scarlett Johansson, well, you signed on for this, for this deal right here, which is for a theatrical run. And then they try to play the whole entire thing where it's basically her fault and everything that and stuff like that when it's not even her fault at all they're trying to they're trying to go in ahead and manipulate who she is as an actress she's a great actress she's an uh, academy award winning actress who deserves to get paid and everything and deserves the money that she gets and for you guys to go in ahead and just stick it to her for no reason that is pathetic and also too Chang Chi is coming out and everything too and Chang Chi also doesn't look like it's going to be projected to make that much money to begin with. And also, too, there also might be, uh, also, too, they're going to probably be pushing back the release dates. But get this Chang Chi doesn't have a streaming platform, it does not have the Disney uh, Plus price tag for that premium price, and neither does. Uh, the other the other movies too, so therefore they're playing damage control right now. They're trying to say, okay, you know what? By putting out this, what we're going to do is we're going to go in here and pretend that none of this even happened. We don't want no issues with the actors from Ching Chi suing us or anything going down the down the pipeline in the future. So you know what we're going to do is we're going to go in here and release Ching Chi without the Disney Plus price tag or anything like that attached to it. Therefore, no one's going to even notice that we actually backstab Scarlett Johansson and make her men and black herself to the point where she doesn't remember. That's the way that I'm getting Um. So, just quick, um, Kevin Feige, as he hasn't come out and officially said anything, he hasn't taken any side of ScarJo. He hasn't said that. He just... All he, all it was, he was, um, and he was embarrassed. Um, yeah, that's what he's he getting embarrassed. So he says, he was, um, he has the, the over the way Disney has handled the situation, saying that Feige was against the hybrid release for Black Widow from the start. 
when this shit hit the fan, they maybe start ta- like start tanking and Johansson's team threatened. So he officially hasn't came out in. Um, so he has. Um, yeah, he hasn't. So like, yeah, he hasn't really officially come out and said anything. He hasn't come out in support of ScarJo. Neither has the other, the the Avenger uh, yeah, characters. In way, but in a way, with him being embarrassed because of what happened, because he has no control over what Disney does. He's just the part, the person over Marvel and everything and yeah. stuff like that that gives me a little bit of an insight of saying hey he's on her side basically sure we'll go with that i i don't think he's taking her side i don't i think he's taking any side he's playing the middle of the road like he's a, he's embarrassed with the, how disney handled it but then again, i don't know we don't know the full ins and outs and scarjo actually hasn't won any oscars she's been nominated for that's what i said i said she was nominated you said she won no i said i thought i said that she was nominated I believe he said she won. I thought I said she was nominated, but okay. Um, but yeah, um, sorry, but um, no. going on the sun sheet, yeah, it's only projected to make thirty-five to fifty-five million dollars opening weekend. But that was that was that was as of today, so we'll see. I don't know. I could see it get delayed. Um, but I don't know. I don't think that one's going to be as successful. It doesn't look that great, but we'll see. Um, and then that leads to the other set of news of. Uh, Emma, um, Emma Stone, who was in talks to in negotiations to discuss a lawsuit. What do you know? She signed on for Corella too. It's kind of a coincidence. Um, so yeah, so it, it was rumor that we hadn't seen the last Emma Stone Corella. Now we now they will return for a follow up. Um, they've been like Disney's been in earlier development on a sequel. Um, he brings word that Stone will reprise the role as a particular character. Deal comes at an issue time after ScarJo sued the company after alleging a contract breach to Black Widow released in both theaters and on Disney+. And then, like the MCU film, Crow is released in both formats, but it's unsure the sequel will be distributed via both avenues. It earned over $222 million worldwide. Deal, deadline says the Stone Steel, Stone Steel mutually benefits both sides, especially at a time when Disney still assessing the dynamic window model on it on its event titles um so yeah that was it no other details see i find it interesting though at one time she was thinking about suing disney and then all of a sudden disney's like you know what we're gonna give you a koala movie so maybe she decided not to sue them and everything and be like okay you know what i'm good i'll just go on ahead i'll make my koala movie it's gonna make bank maybe it may maybe not but still, I got my own movie with my and everything, and I'm able to carry my own film. So therefore, I'm not going to worry about this hoopla now, since I actually have my own film and I can renegotiate my contract to play Cruella to where maybe when I made some mistakes with signing in the first place, I can look at every individual line on that on that contract and be like, okay, well, I see that it says that you're not going to put it on streaming services, or where is that at? Because that's the first thing I'm going to be worried about, especially if we're inside of the mm-hmm. pandemic still and everything, depending on the release date, you know. But that's another thing that she could be looking at there, too. This is a surely speculation at this point, yeah. though. But, you know, it makes me question that. And then also, too, with Scarlett Johansson, she was supposed to go in hand and produce Terra Tower, which is also a part of a Disney ride, Disney property. So I don't know what that's going to look like now since she's actually suing Disney. But that's just something that I wanted to go ahead and talk about um, was the fact that she is going to try and was going to produce that movie and everything at one time. So it may not even go in her favor on that. But as for Emma Stone, I can see her thinking about it and then seeing this and like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to let you guys duke it out. 
Yeah. What and about you? The Rock, the Rock never was going to sue Disney for the the prize. I mean, The Rock doesn't care. The Rock, the Rock's doing the movies for the sake of doing movies because he was thinking about like he, they asked him if he was going to sue Disney for the this day and day release on Premier Access Plus for Jungle Cruise. He decided no, but I think that's because The Rock's got like tons of money anyway, and he's like he's like he doesn't care. He's the like, person in Hollywood. Yeah, basically. he is. He he does. He did the movie because he felt like doing it, and it was the on the anniversary of the Jungle Cruise ride, and Walt Disney was as that was the first thing he did was he was a skipper on the Jungle Cruise ride back in the uh, Disney California uh, Disneyland California. He was uh, years ago. He was a skipper. Walt Disney was when the Jungle Cruise ride first opened, and that's one of the the oldest rides in both Disney parks. So I thought that was a really cool tidbit. Okay. Yeah. Um, what did you, is there anything that you wanted to add as far as Emma Stone with Cruella or anything like that? Or no, I mean I can't really say anything. I didn't see Cruella, Me so either. I can't really say anything on it. Like, I mean, I just find it kind of interesting that she she did the sequel, especially with the whole on, ongoing thing. Um, I don't think it's gonna go well for Disney. I I really don't. Like, I think. I think it's gonna like the whole now with the them not doing Sun Chi only it's having that only in theaters. That's gonna kind of blow up in their face. We'll see what they do with the Eternals. I don't know. Eternals looks not great. I need to see more. I mean, I don't want a two and a half hour melodrama of superheroes. When I want to watch it, I'll watch The Boys, which actually has a lot more action. So I don't know. Disney's got a lot of problems. And yeah. good. They need it's to got ninety nine problems. <laughs> yeah. They, they need to they need to get knocked off their pedestal for a bit. Hey Trey Parker, Matt Stone, start make bring Di, bring Mickey Mouse back so we can make fun of Disney some more. <laughs> but uh, let's see here. I think that was everything as far as the movie news and stuff like that. Goes, yeah. Right. Yeah, that was okay. It. So our main topic is this: um, Are we movie reviewers or are we movie critics? Now, what brought this question on for me was listening to Christian Harloff and stuff like that. Because whenever I find inspiration in people and stuff like that, because if it wasn't for Christian Harlow, if it wasn't for AMC Movie Talk, if it wasn't for John Campia and those pod, uh, pod uh, can candidates and stuff like that, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. Uh, Charlie wouldn't be here. Sean wouldn't be here or anything like that. I found inspiration because of the fact that I followed the Schmoes no show for a while. I followed John Campia for a while. And you know, it. Whenever somebody goes ahead and challenges me to actually, you know, do some self-examination as to who we are as a brand and what we do as a brand and what we do, I feel like that is great to actually have. And you know, there is a big difference between movie reviewers and movie critics, and. I'm just going to point this out. Charlie and I are movie reviewers. We're not movie critics. Is that how you would actually categorize us? Because here's the thing. When you look at movie uh, critics, they use a certain critique, uh, critique and certain type of wording in their sentences when they go ahead and review a movie. They look at the camera angles, which I do that sometimes depending on the film, but they actually have a certain way of actually doing it to where they use certain words, they use certain things, certain things that they look at that movie reviewers may not look at, and they go through the whole entire analyzation of how to actually process a film. Versus movie reviewers, we know what we are going to wind up saying about the film. We have free reign on what we say about the film and things like that about a film. 
but I feel like that we are movie reviewers who gives honest opinions, regardless of the fact that, you know, we don't really care about what anybody else, ha uh, what any other critics have to say. We're formulating our own, our, our own opinion and everything. And also, too, if you look at William Bibiani, you look at Chris Duckman, you look at those people, those are movie reviewers. Those are people that are on YouTube that makes uh, that actually goes on ahead and reviews movies. Now, if you look at uh, Jeremy Johns, you look at uh, John Campia, you look at uh, The Smoes No, those are actually movie reviewers because of the fact that, here, here's the thing, this is something that I really liked about Christian Harloff, was this. He said when he first started off, it was all about just watching a certain film. And everything and being able to analyze it and be able to just watch this film for fun versus doing it for the views and stuff like that and then th as they got bigger as they started getting more into correct pro progress and everything that's when uh it actually felt like for them that it was just wearing them out because they had to go and review every single thing because of the fact that a certain studio told them that they need to go on ahead and review everything that they see before you know it, they were pretty much, in my opinion, this is not something that they said, but basically they were pretty much wore down. But, you know, I feel like that we are movie reviewers. I feel like that we give audience opinions and stuff like that. We have a certain way of how we actually watch certain films and things like that. But how would you categorize us, Shirley? I was just looking up William Bill Bibliani. I don't. I actually would call him a movie critic because uh, for all the stuff he's done, he's actually written. He's a this from the, this on the uh, critically acclaimed site, which I think is one of his podcasts. He um, he says Bibliani is a Rotten Tomatoes approved film critic who currently writes for critically acclaimed, yeah. The Rap, and IGN, and co-hosts that. Um, I want to say like it's he is a because of that. Yeah, I, I was just saying because I you kind of threw me off because you told you said it was a movie reviewer, which he reviews no, movies. I said it was a movie critic. I heard movie reviewer. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think they're both kind of same thing a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we both kind of use the same kind of uh lingo. Maybe our, our, we're not as pro professional but then again a lot of the professional reviews they, re they review more of the independent stuff and sure some of the independent stuff's great and all but i want to watch uh, a a movie that's black like 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 i mean i mean with the artist that won best picture a couple years ago that's an independent but no talking and it's a musical how's that works like again i don't know i mean they, they watch they watch they're very pretentious. Like Roger Ebert used to be really good reviews. Now there's just a bunch of a holes. Honestly, just seeing their reviews, and they're not really qualified to do review the bigger stuff. Like, um, I think I got into this mainly because I, um, I never I, I didn't really listen to movie critics anything. I got into because I took I just was fascinated with movies, and I minored in film in college. I took a lot of film classes, learned all the the jargon. And which was really cool how you analyze a movie from details, from anything on the scene, which we, we determined is mise-en-scene, to camera work, to editing, to um, all that kinds of stuff. So I got all the, the, the that. Um, so I, I, I that, that's just the knowledge I had. that. So, But, I mean, I think maybe the only difference between the two is maybe 
critics get paid and reviewers not necessarily. I don't know. I mean, it's that's just, not. Hmm. It's very. It's it's they're same. They're kind of the same thing, and then yet they're kind of not. But it's like it's not much of a difference. Maybe they maybe they they have more prestigious websites. Again, I don't know. I can't really say because it's it's they're kind of the same thing, honestly. That I mean, that's my take on it. I think they're kind of the same thing, and just maybe there's that a difference. But I mean. I don't know. That's just, that's my take. Well, here's another thing though, too, is I remember too, with the Schmoes, they also said at one time or the other that it used to be a race on who would get uh, the movie out first and everything. And now, and it's still that same way. And even when they were first starting out, they got to go to movie premieres. They got to do every, they got to do everything that a movie critic does. And everything it's just that they were doing it for fun versus what they were doing the movie critics were doing and of course you're sitting there with a up with a lot of people that are just serious and here's just average film fans reviewing film and that's what movie uh reviewers are we're just average uh, average fans watching film and critiquing it and watching it the way that we receive it versus a movie critic who sits there and watches the movie and is getting paid for it through another through their websites through IGN through other stuff and things like that and they're not having the to me they lost that fun in a sense sometimes when they're reviewing a certain film because they don't have I don't know it's just the way that I'm looking at it yeah I mean it's I mean there's it, 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 it's an interesting question because it comes from different perspectives like me personally I don't consider IGN or like a movie critic, they're full of shit. <laughs> I mean, I mean, IGN, like uh, IGN, like they, they, they do all types of stuff, but they're not like they, they don't give out great ratings, and like they're like they're very. I mean, again, that we're all kind of biased in a way, but they don't they, they, the stuff that they give high marks to. They gave it to like movies that I'm like never nobody's even heard of, not even movie critics have heard of. So it's like. I don't consider IGN to be critics. I just consider them the reviewers in a sense because they're just reviewing the thing like this. They're just they have a fandom for it. So I don't know. I mean, I I mean I, I would call them reviewers, but then again, you can pretty much call everybody reviewers, and you like and then call everybody critics. We're all critics of something. So it's just I don't know. It's it's very tough to figure out the difference between the two. I mean, I I think because I think we all kind of do the same thing. It's just some are better than others at it. Okay. Um, then there's also another thing that I wanted to bring up too with this with the subject though as well. You know, I feel like when uh, with movie reviewers and stuff like that, I just feel like too that we have that passion, we have that drive, and just to have fun. You know. Yeah. But you know, I just feel like. As a movie reviewer, that's what I'm. That's what I'm classifying us as. As me, but yeah, that's why. That's the way I look at it. But yeah, I mean, it's fine. I mean, we all like. I guess I don't know. It's that's. I never really thought of the same because you look on the internet when you're trying to look for jobs for that. It's just very. It's like it's very hard because they're kind of both detailed under the same thing. So it's just. I mean, I think it's just like I just for me, I just can't find a big difference between the two of them and essentially but then again it's very hard to figure out a very like a legit website that actually has 
puts out honest reviews. Like, not, I mean, Roger Ebert used to do that. Now they don't. And now it's very, uh, it's like you have somebody that's like, I think, I think they gave a Space Jam 2 a really great reviews. And I think that the person that reviewed it was like a mom from a mom blog. And, and, and then, and then just like, and I was like, really? You get out a high review and you said it's great for kids. Sure. You might want to tell them why the awkward orange people were involved in this. You want to explain right. to them why is uh why is Don Cheeto quoting uh, Denzel? Denzel's not for kids. Why are you quoting yeah. him? Like, there's a lot of mature elements in it. Like, oh, um, the Matrix. That's not for kids. Is uh, you say sure you say they're all the movies great for kids? Okay. I mean, but I mean that, that that's that. But I mean, they just lost, they've lost their credibility ever since Roger Ebert. Eber died, but I don't know. Right. Okay. Well, with that being said, guys, that's going to be it for the show for tonight. I do thank you again, Charlie, for being on the You're show. Welcome. I do appreciate it. Uh, it's always fun when we go on ahead and just, yeah. you know, we just go on ahead. We talk about certain topics and everything that we think that might be fun or certain news topics and also to our main topic. There. Sorry about that. No, it's cool, man. It's yeah. very cool. Uh, uh, but yeah. <laughs> So anyways, there's not going to be any shows on Saturday or Sunday. I am going to be on Mount Schmodown tomorrow at 3 o'clock Central Time, 4 o'clock Eastern, uh, 1 o'clock Pacific Time for that. And basically, I actually do an after show with Ben Rayner. We actually talk about uh, people of the movie trivia Schmodown and the careers that they've been in and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. So if you want to go in and check that out, check out Movie Trivia Schmodown. And also to go on ahead, support Two Blur Girls podcast, which is Tamara and Tamika's show. They're actually doing a show right now. Um, as a matter of fact, we actually teamed up with them to do a St. Jude's charity uh, with Cincy. So go on ahead, get yourself a Cincy. All the proceeds go over into St. Jude's. So go on ahead, do that. Also, two guys, go on ahead, check us out at Movie Lovers TV, Lovers Unite on Facebook, and also on Instagram underneath the same name and on Pinterest. And then, of course, guys, if you want a pod- audio-only episode of this show, just go on ahead and go to wherever you guys get your podcasts from. And then also, too, go on ahead and rate us on Good Pods. That's a little app that you guys can download if you're into uh, into Good Pods and stuff like that. If you're into uh, audio podcasts or if you're uh, someone that actually is a podcaster, go on ahead and check out Good Pods. Good Pods is actually a good place to listen to uh, podcasts and things like that. Of course, you guys can reach me on Facebook uh, at Movie Lovers Unite at gmail.com. Of course, if you guys want to follow me, just go and follow me at Movie Lovers Unit. And of course, you guys can always reach out to me on Twitter as well at Movie Lovers Unit. And always until next time, it's been real. It's been fun. Guys, we do this again. Quick sec. I want to, um, my colleague John here, he's, he's looking for a co host on the week from September 2nd through the 8th. So to quote, this is a copy Conan. Conan needs a friend. You go to the Conan needs a friend podcast. John needs a John needs a co-host on the weeks of September eight second for the eighth. So if you're interested in doing anything to, to being on the show to reviewing anything, I believe like we got a, like John's got a couple things lined up for horror stuff. So if you're interested in actually maybe being on the show and reviewing it, let um, let my colleague John know at um and then he can email him at the uh, the email that he just mentioned at movielovers at movielovers slash tv lovers unite at gmail Actually, it's just movieloversunite at gmail dot com. Okay. That is cool. Yeah. But anyways, guys, go you ahead email and email him me. there and email him there and we can maybe set up something because John needs a co-host. <laughs> yes, I do, man. Yes, I do, and I do <laughs> have a great time 
and everything as well on your on your vacation as well. <laughs> you take it and everything. So I do appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Always until next time. It's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. And bye bye.